Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review. And together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. All right, Justin, welcome to Pencil Leadership. Yeah, Chris, it's good to connect. You know, my sons were nine and seven. They're both travel soccer players. And what you went through, it's kind of a worst nightmare situation for, you know, looking into the future for my sons. I really hope they don't have to go through it. But if they do, then, you know, the best part of being an entrepreneur like I am is showing them how to pivot quickly and that this life is even possible. So yeah. uh, at least they have the blueprint now for realizing, you know, turning gaps into gains for sure. Absolutely. No, yeah, it's definitely a journey no matter what path you take. So I'm excited to hear more about what you do yeah. on your journey and how we can learn from you today. But tell everybody a little bit about Brepic, if you would. Yeah, so I'm a 100% simplifier, meaning I just hear blah, 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 and then simplify that into patterns. That's just how my brain works. So most of my days talking to the world's top entrepreneurs, most of them, not all are running a high six figure to 10 figure businesses. And then my brain here is blah, 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 simplifies into patterns. So with that background, the formula for creating a successful global company is very simple. Surprisingly simple, actually, is you see a problem, create solution, problem solve, successful global company. So see a problem, create solution, problem solve, successful global company. And so my first company, Brepic, I was a journalist for 20 years and created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So <laughs> solve problem, create solution, problem solve, successful global company. And then the newest one I just launched with a business partner. He's in San Francisco. I'm in Chicago, but we're creating LinkedIn without the BS. So solve problem, <laughs> create solution, problem solve. So high price point invite only connectivity platform because people at the highest level, they don't have time to waste with spam and nonsense. They just want the connection. They want the result. So all the new company is, is a million X of what I'm already doing through my PR firm, just can the highest level of connectivity on the planet, exponentially growing that. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I think it's what kind of you said there is, you know, seeing the problem, all entrepreneurs, like that's the whole thing, seeing a problem and fixing it. You've got it down pat for sure with that. So have you always been an entrepreneur? How long have you been an entrepreneur? I guess was my question. Right. So started my first company a little over four years ago with zero business background, zero. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur is. Now I have a global company that only works with the top entrepreneurs on the planet or the ones that will make the investment to become those mm -hmm. people. So zero business background. And so people like me are usually aliens with their own family, community, and vertical. Nobody understands us except the top performing entrepreneurs on the planet. So I was always this person. I just didn't know it until I actually started this journey. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It kind of makes me have, you know, even more confidence. hope because I started, I mean, two years ago, I think, officially. No, no, no. In Tipton, Kokomo, you're in Tipton. So in Tipton, Kokomo, Peru, Indiana area, there might be three or four people like you, maybe five. Yeah. So the people I partner with, there's maybe, you know, I partner with one out of a thousand folks, one out of a thousand. Yeah. And I live in the North Shore of Chicago about 25 miles north of downtown Chicago. This is a pretty wealthy upper middle class wealth. And this is the cheapest, cost conscious. First question people ask here, most of the time, not always, but most of the time is what do you cost or charge? And I'll never work with anyone like that. And I've never understood it. That's why I have clients and partners around the world and talk to very few people here because no one here understands what I'm talking about. So I yeah. just 
found people that understood what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. And just again, starting with no background in business, same with me. It's just been a cool journey right. and right. it's exciting. What challenges have you faced along your journey so far that you've As had? An entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah, the main ones, I guess. I know because there's multiple, there's lots, but any particular one that stands out that you had to overcome? <laughs> I'm going to give you this high fact finder background. One, because I'm a high fact finder, but two, I think you'll appreciate it and your listeners. And then you yeah. said you've been an entrepreneur for two years. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you start a business, it takes two full years to figure things out. That's a chapter in one of my books. That's a chapter. So that's what I've seen at the two-year market really started to flow together. So for whatever that's worth. Yeah. So I started this journey after my, I was a journalist for 20 years. So mm -hmm. had job salary cut in half, couldn't find a job, incorporated while I was working full-time at half the salary, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. So one out of 1,000 people said yes, 0.1%. Got fifth client, resigned, full-time job the next day. And then Robert Feeder, he's the top media columnist in the Midwest, did a story at started my own firm. So that was February 10th, 2017 to June 5th. So most people can't do that because they're not, on, I mean, most people aren't like you. So the worst day of my professional career was also my best day when my job salary was cut in half. That worst day in my professional career is not even in the top 50 worst days of being an entrepreneur. Not even in the top 50. <laughs> so most people can't, I mean, most people can't do this. So, but if you can, if you're someone like me or you, then there's this, you know, now, I only partner with the top people in the world, the top people or the ones who will make the investment. There's yep. no what do you cost yep. or charge. There's what is an investment would you look like? It's endless abundance of clients around the world. Just launched a second company. That'll be a gajillion X of what I'm already doing. But I wrote an article for Inc. Magazine about this. So again, most of my day is talking to the world's top entrepreneurs. That's most of my day because I'm endlessly fascinated by brains like that. Mm -hmm. I have not overcome one entrepreneur, and you're going to nod your head when you hear this because I've already seen your backstory, but I haven't met one entrepreneur at the highest level that hasn't overcome at least one of the following four things. Most are two or three, and I know a lot of all four ones. All four ones are really successful. So here are the four things. I'm going to guess you're three out of the four, so okay. we'll see if I'm right. So one is bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Two is depression. Three is the highest level of anxiety you can imagine. And four is likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. You're definitely the last three. I don't know yep. about bankruptcy. Or, so, Thankfully not the first one, but yeah, you are. Right. So the last that's three. the only one. Right. Yeah. So, and me too. I've not got one. I'll never have to worry about bankruptcy. Yep. But so most people, here's the fundamental difference between entrepreneurs at the highest level. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about nickel and dime business owners and that nonsense. And I'm not talking about humans. So people at the highest level like us, they would never use those four things as excuses. Mm -mm. Humans and small business owners, they use those as excuses their whole life. They're not, you know, five years, their whole lives. Entrepreneurs mm. at the highest level, no excuses, only investment. No excuses. I think that's spot on with that. And I almost think sometimes yep. we use those four things not as excuses, but yes. Yeah, the obstacles away, right? Correct. So I think that's, that's the motivation. So that's mm -hmm. what separates. So again, where you live and where I, actually where anyone lives, people like us, we're the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority. And so that's why, like, I used to think there was something wrong with me. I'm like, oh, no one understands what I'm talking about. And I just kept talking to people and then, you know, kept investing more and more and more and more in these groups. And the two I'm in now, right, you know, invest, you know, 25 to 30K a year in them each. That's a good investment, not a cost.
those are strategic coach and abundance 360. And those are the, you know, top entrepreneurs in the world are in those groups. And I'm like, Oh, finally I met some people who understand what I'm talking about. It's so crucial. Really. That's one of the big, even this two years that I've realized is being in proximity to people have the same mindset, the same drive determination, because yeah, yeah, like where we live, we're not going to find, unfortunately, that caliber, that level of person. There's nothing wrong with people who aren't doing what we're doing or in that, in that positioning. We're just on different trajectories. Well, let me, I'll even dovetail that and I'll double down on what you said. My wife is the exact opposite of me. So what does that mean? She's a hundred percent stabilizer. I'm a hundred percent visionary wackadoo. And I'm thank God every day I've didn't marry someone like me. So she's a yep. pediatrician. Okay. She's love, warmth, caring, rules, order, whatever the hell that stuff is. And then I'm like, go, 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 go. I thank God every day I married my wife. And then our kids are like a really interesting mix of that. (laughs) But she just lands the plane and she allows me to fly the plane. And because I'm flying the plane up here now, you know, she works part time now and eventually Mm. she'll work less and less and less because it's just good collaboration. And I'll dovetail the dovetail. Again, not all, not all, but most of my day talking to people, you know, high six figure to 10 figure businesses. And I always ask them so is your spouse a school teacher or a nurse or a social worker or a police officer or a pilot? And they're like, how the hell did you know that? I go, well, That's hilarious. people like us, you know, for the most part, don't marry people like us. They need a stabilizer. So, <laughs> My wife's a math teacher. <laughs> right. So I knew that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I That's know. Funny. So my brain, frankly, like what I've learned is actually really fascinating over this four and a half year journey. And again, two years, that's the mark where it starts to really get the flow together. Yeah. But my highest level skill set is recognizing the patterns and then doing something about it. Like it's incredible how my brain can take all this complexity and immediately simplify it into patterns. Like that doesn't surprise me at all that your wife's a math teacher. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense completely. And I think it's a really interesting point you make about the patterns. I don't think there's anything necessarily new under the sun. It's just being able to realize what's coming or how things are flowing, even in the world condition as it is. Yeah. Can you see the solutions? Can you see the innovation? Immediately. Exactly. That's my point. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly how my and, and your brain, I think, works like that as well. So these people, not all of them, but, you know, these are the smartest, most successful people on the planet that I'm talking to. And they're ideator futurists for the most part. They're, so they're floating around in the future with idea, 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 idea. So that's ADD diagnosed or undiagnosed. And ADD is not a disorder. It's a sign of genius. So then my brain hears blah, 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 immediately simplifies it into an actionable, activatable result. And then it's intro, intro, intro. But those people, those are the ones that create the companies and the ideas that employ everyone else. My brain is just able to simplify their MIT Harvard level brain into big 10, you know, human brain Mm. and then activate it and then connect, 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 connect. So it just works. Yeah. And that's a huge thing is being able to break it down to build something because you can have the idea, you can have the vision and ideas are meaningless without execution. Meaning. Absolutely. Yep. So you got to be able to break that down. If you would be talking to, you know, an entrepreneur starting out and they have these visions and stuff and maybe not the mind like yours, a hundred percent, how would you Mm. suggest or, guide them in breaking something down to make it more actionable. Yeah, so that's fair. And again, just as background, I have multiple billionaires that have been clients. And then I think it's six people that are dirt broke, like, because at the highest level, there are no excuses, only investment. 
So they've found the second credit card, loan, <laughs> selling stock, whatever it takes. At the highest level, they'll find a way to make the investment. Yep. So people are either like that or they're not. Okay, so just go for it, go for it. But if you are born like this, which I strongly feel you're either born like this or you're not. If you are, I just treat my brain like a muscle. I work mm-hmm. on my mindset every single day. So seven days a week, the first thing I do every day is do a grateful journal to my wife. When mm-hmm. I'm grateful for her, the previous day, like most important thing for her is for someone to say thank you to her. I don't care, but she does. And so I focus on it every day. Six days a week, I run outside no matter the weather condition. So we're in Chicago. It's cold here. It's about to get really cold. It's hot in the summer. It's rainy in the spring and fall now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, run outside. I've done that for 20 years. And when I'm running, I just listen to motivational, high-level entrepreneurial podcasts. And then every Monday through Friday, I do a grateful journal on LinkedIn. I'll include this and that, but I have about 27,000 followers on LinkedIn. So what I'm grateful for, to your point, wow, that actually happens. Wow is meaningless unless it's actually happening. You know, so when you're constantly grateful and focused on mindset, it's hard to be ungrateful and not focused on mindset. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think gratitude's a huge thing that separates the elite from everyone else really because it just changes that and there are people that are i mean doing really well that probably aren't grateful but i think that unstabilizes what they're doing potentially as one of the legs so i think that's a really cool key component to that when you're grateful in my opinion at least takes some of the stress of life or you know the problems really kind of don't seem as trivial because you're like i'm so grateful for all that i do have and all that's coming and all that is good here's just another opportunity not an obstacle Yeah. Well, if you have the right mindset, it attracts the right network and creates the right opportunities. So what does that mean? I haven't done outbound sales or market. Like there's none of that. All my brain does is create the highest value for the highest performing people. They're constantly introducing me to performing. I mean, and that's why I'm so excited about new company because it's just a, it's just platform technology for that. It's just technology for what I'm already. So people are here like, Oh man, this is great. So happy for you. Most people have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, but that's okay. Because I serve the 0.1% and the 0.1% creates the technologies and the companies for everyone else. So Mm, that's how I help the world. And that's the thing too, you know, starting out, you had the scarcity mindset, you know, because I quit my job and had nothing coming in to build this. Right. Entrepreneur uh, life. Yeah. And so, but man, getting through that. Wait a minute. So you did have potential bankruptcy. You're in all four. Yeah, I guess I was pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) I was close. (laughs) But teacher's wife, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. So it's uh, getting out there and just separating yourself and really going at it. You're so true too. Like, and I want to ask you about high value, come to that. But what you mentioned about it kind of starts when you're doing the right things, it attracts the right people. And that's, I've, you said the two year mark, it's funny because I'm mean, at the two year mark and it's like things are starting to flow a lot better. I've got a more inbound stuff that I don't have to do as much outbound. And it's really a crazy thing. But you mentioned creating, so you just focus now on creating the high value. Create value. I'll simplify it into a pattern. I'm guessing you're right in the middle of this, about to get to the third prong. So tell me if I'm wrong about this, but. Okay. I, that's the way I look at it. Okay, so again, simplify into patterns. That's how my brain works. So mm-hmm. when you start a business, you get to get. So I reached out to 5,000 people to get five clients. If you like to do that, go for that your whole life. But <laughs> okay, then two, you get to give. You're giving a little, but you're mostly still getting. Then you give to get, which I think you're in or at the end of that. So you're mm-hmm. giving you know, 80% to get 20%. 
Yeah. Then you get to the point where I'm at, where you give to give, but only to the people who get it. So I'm constantly giving to people, but only to the people who match my mindset or exceed it. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. it's pointless because they're not in the same mindset and they're not going to be a give to give. They're just yep. going to take. Yep. And you can't, I mean, people like that, you can't help them. So what's that look like, give to give, for those who might not understand that? Yeah, so most people, you know, maybe do 10 intros in a year, maybe, like maybe 10 intros. I do 10 a day, at least. You're meaning um, introdu- introducing someone in your network to someone else in your network? Yeah. You know, I've always laughed at like these long intros and blah, blah, blah. And so my intros usually is like someone's Colby score, K-O-L-B-E meet, you know, this score because I immediately know who I'm talking to. And then it's amazing, you know, what comes from that, whether it's a media opportunity through PR firm or just incredible connectivity, potential collaborator, potential investor. And so the purpose of my life is to be a connecting superhero for every visionary, abundance, investment, mindset, entrepreneur, and share their stories with the world. Not their world, the world. Fundamental difference between the and their. Mm-hmm. I mean, my entire day besides hanging out with my family. It's endlessly fascinating. That's cool. So basically a connector of and just... Connector, you know, right. Yeah, in the grand scheme. You receive something from doing that, but in the moment, you're just facilitating helping others, and it comes. it always comes back. Okay, when so you find the right people, that's yes. no. It always does come back when you get to the right people. Yes, Okay. Awesome. If people are trying to get to, cause you mentioned kind of different levels there, you know, giving to getting and things like that. How do you lead people to transition through those different prongs of the journey? And that's a really interesting question. You know, I, man, that's a really good one. I love that question. I might start asking that, you know, so again, I started my first company with zero business background, zero, not global. Co- so with that, the problem that I hear over and over from these entrepreneurs is we're tired of being the best secret. So they want to be in news and media at a global, usually global, but many times national regional. So my brain here is blah, 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 simplify into a story that media really wants to do, podcast hosts really want to do. And then intro, 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 intro. And it's just, it just cuts through all the BS Yeah. and then just connectors to connectors to connect. And then all these people do is become collaborators, potential investors. They get to share their story with the world, not their world. And it's endlessly. And then the new company is just, again, it's just technology for that. It's just a platform. Cool. Again, it's just the mindset. Instead of, even if you're starting out, the mindset of giving still to be able to receive, I think is a crucial part of it. So how can I give? I mean, who can I connect with? What value can I give out there without not necessarily a whole lot attached to it? You know, just giving to give. Correct. Well, give to get to the people who get it. That's my point. I've been an entrepreneur for a little over four and a half years, two years. Again, it starts to flow, but I learn something new every day when you're talking and I don't care about revenue, profit. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just, you know, care about seeing my family and growing network on a global level. But the byproduct of that make as much money as I want to only partner with the people I want to haven't done outbound sales or any of that stuff in years creating massive value for people, creating a second global company, but it all starts with family and it all starts with network Mm. and with the right network. And my point is, is when you learn who really, I don't like using the word should, but who really should be in your network. And then more importantly, who shouldn't, it eliminates the shouldn'ts and all it attracts is the shoulds. Mm. And then then those shoulds keep, it just multiplies, keep introducing to more people who get it. So how could someone starting out or, or in the midst of it, be able to really figure out who should and shouldn't be in their network. 
That's a great question. Okay, so I am 34 out of 34 on empathy in my strength finders and 33 out of 34 in includer. So in this world, I'm actually very good at excluding the wrong people. Most people are much higher in empathy than me and much higher in includer. They want to be nice to everyone. With that background, and by the way, most really high-performing entrepreneurs are very low in empathy, very low because they don't understand what people are complaining about, which I don't understand what people are complaining about. <laughs> so I don't. That's not an insult. That's just how it is. I mean, right. my, my business partner, who's competition one, maximizer two, he's third in empathy. And he right. most of his day is talking to billionaires and nine-figure people. And my wife would probably be one in empathy. Mm-hmm. She's a pediatrician. Your wife would probably be very high in empathy. So you find that. But there's two disqualifiers for me in terms of eliminating people to actually answer your question. Yeah. One, and I know right away because, you know, I just talk to people and then I simplify and see patterns. So I will know it right away now because I've talked to so many people. If I meet someone and I realize right away that they're going to take away time from me and my family, I will never talk to that person again, Mm. ever. Blind in the sand, bye. And again, last in empathy, second to last in includer. And I just know that. And remember, two of the groups I'm in are 25 to 30K each a year to be in. That pretty much disqualifies people that don't belong there. I yeah. mean, if you, yeah. people, okay, so that too. The second one is, if someone asks me, what do you cost or charge? I will never talk to that person again. Why yeah. is that? One, because they're living in cost scarcity transactional world. So they're mm-hmm. toxic. And cost-scarcity transactional people hang out with cost-scarcity transactional people. Mm. So they're toxic and their network is toxic. So those are my two disqualifiers. I will know right away if they're going to take time away from me and my family. See you later. And then if they're going to ask me, what are your cost or charge? I'll never talk to that person again. Now, it took several years, several years to get to that point. But I learned and then activated it and made a very firm decision to not let that stuff impact my life anymore. That's huge. That's so huge because I've been realizing that. Like, I'm not looking for everyone now as a client. Like, I've got not. to the point I'm I like, no. And I've never actually written down like who I would stay away from, but like, I think internally, like, I know. And you said those kind of things. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I literally have thought of people when you're saying that of, yeah, exactly why I didn't really follow up or continue anything with them because of those reasons, mm-hmm. those red flags kind of thing that kind of trigger that. The less people pay you, the more problems they cause. I've raised my rates exponentially every year. And all that does is eliminate people that live in cost transactional. And it's really fascinating because as you raise your rates, it doesn't happen right away, but it does happen. Right. You raise your rates and then those people that invest more, they introduce you to people that invest more because that's yeah. who they hang out with. So I just keep raising my rates. Yeah, the quality of the people you're with increases that way instead of just being a commodity amongst the quality, the not quantity. Yep, absolutely. My agree. whole point with the new company, it's for one out of a thousand, but there's, uh, and I like LinkedIn. Uh, you know, that's yeah. 27,000 followers. I think there's 700 million users on LinkedIn. So most people are like 0.1%. That's a really small number. I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> 0.1% of 700 million is 700,000. And even if it's 700 people joining a high price point invite only connectivity platform, even if it's a hundred and those hundred will create a thousand, those thousand will create, you know, 5,000. That's the beauty of it because people like me, we don't want to deal with nonsense. We don't have time for it because we want to spend time with our family. Right. Yeah. You don't want to deal with that. And you're on your way, by the way, you're on your way. Yeah. Um, oh, I can tell. I mean, I know <sighs> nonsense versus not. I mean, this will actually help your what you were saying before earlier uh-huh. about who to partner with. Mm. 
So I only partner with visionaries who live in abundance and look at things as investments, not costs. So if you have visionary abundance investment mindset, you can only be one of two types of people. Why? Because I simplify and I see the patterns. Okay. So one, visionary abundance investment. One, you're running a high six-figure to 10-figure business. You see your family and friends whenever you want to. You do what you like to do, what you're good at. Or you're going to be one of those people. You're not there revenue profit-wise, but you will be. So there is no what do you cost or charge. There's no scarcity. There's no nickel and dime nonsense. And then, so it just eliminates 99.9% of the population, but I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. And I agree. I think it's huge part when you can get to that understanding Mm -hmm. in your journey. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think that's why they stay at the commodity level. They just stay in transactional world. So like that, so you asked earlier, like, how do you fast track that? Well, that's why people invest in my firm because I just immediately fast track. Oh, you want to, you want to get connected to this person? And then not only is it the interview, but it's then how you leverage that relationship the rest of your life. I mean, that's literally how I created a global company with zero business backers. Absolutely. So I have one more question with that before we kind of wrap things up. So people, they're trying to, you know, get in proximity with these successful people, these people with the same kind of mindset because they want to be around them. Sometimes that can be maybe intimidating for those starting out. No, 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 no. That's incorrect. People at the highest level, they will fight through that. Right. So if if these people starting out are wondering then, how do I get in front of these people? How can I get connected with these people? I mean, when you started out building your network, was it just, you know, reaching out through Messenger? Was it emails to get connected? That's where I was kind of going with. How can they get the ball rolling to build out this network? So most people can't. That's my point. Most people can't. They're not like this. And so most people can't become entrepreneurs at the highest level. If, if everyone could become the highest performing entrepreneur on the planet, then there'd be no one working. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, but if you are like this, again, yeah. I reached out to 5,000 people to find my first five clients. Most people cannot, they stopped in mm-hmm. soccer background, uh-huh. right? So yeah. I was talking to a seven-year-old teammate of my seven-year-old son and he was complaining about practice. And I was telling this story, I go, hey, when I, I had my job salary cut in half, I was trying to start my company. Guess how many people I reached out to to find my first five clients? And he said, 50? <laughs> I go, 5,000. And the look on his face was like, and I'm just like, most people can't, they can't do that. And that's fine. The world needs more math teachers and pediatricians than people yeah. like us. That's yeah. about, I mean, it just does. Thank God for that. But mm-hmm. if you are born like this, you would never let something like that get, you would just do it. And I posted this the other day. The first group I was in, I think it was like $200 a year. And I'll try not to make this too long, but it'll make sense. So it was $200, maybe half of 1% of the people understood what I was talking about. Then I joined a $500, maybe 1%. Then I joined a 2000, maybe 5% understood. Then I joined a 5,000 a year group. That was, I don't know, maybe 10%. Then I joined a 10,000 a year group and maybe about half understood. Then I joined a 20,000 a year. Then it was over 90%. Then I joined a 25,000 a year. That's over 95%. And I'm the dumbest person in those rooms, which I like to be the dumbest yes. person in the room. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, you definitely want to be the dumbest person in the room. So my point is, is though all those things, 200, 250, 500, 2,000, 5,000, 10, those were never costs. They were mm-hmm. always investments, Right. always investments, even the smallest one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't start at 25,000 a year, <laughs> I started at 250. And yeah. if you're not willing to make an investment in yourself, then you can never get to the point where I am. You can't. For sure. You can't do it. 
I agree. I think, yeah, we have to be investing in ourselves. Why would you ask someone else to invest in you if you're not even investing in yourself? 100%. So if someone who is investing in themselves, like they're going out there, do you find there's a good position to come from when introducing yourself to someone, say on LinkedIn, to build that connection? Is it just a, hey, this no agenda, I'm just looking to connect with you know successful entrepreneurs and, and just build out my uh, network? Or So, okay, I'm trying to go back four years in time. <laughs> right. Man, that's a... T- or if, someone, if mean, someone's reaching out to you, if you re- have someone reached out to you recently that... Good question. Yeah. Okay, that's a better question. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So again, one of the groups I'm in, it's called Strategic Coach. I'm very confident okay. saying it's the top entrepreneurial group that's ever existed. I mean, it's and Dan Sullivan's the co-founder. He's the top entrepreneurial coach who's ever lived. I'm very confident saying that. So anyway... Through that platform, I created a mindset uh, scorecard. The intros I get now are like from strategic coach level person introducing me to strategic coach level person. So I don't ask them to do the mindset thing. But if it's someone I don't know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, hey, can you take this? Because there's two things that happen. One, people actually disqualify themselves. It's really fascinating because when people talk, it's a little different than when they think and look at a survey and actually answer it. Mm -hmm. They're very honest in those. Only had like two people game the survey in a little over a year. And I'm not wasting my time with someone who doesn't match my mindset. I'm just not doing it. So that scorecard has been a real game changer in terms of saving my time. And I've simplified that in terms of like people that talk without making the investment, take time away from me and my family. People that make the investment just allow me to spend more time with my family. So I'm not wasting my time with people that just talk and don't do anything about it. That's pointless. Yeah. That's good to have some sort of tool to differentiate and Mm -hmm. qualify those potential connections, collaborations, and everything. So Justin, this has been phenomenal. I've really enjoyed all that you've shared. And I think a lot of people listening to this will be able to take a lot away and implement. So I appreciate that. Last kind of question to wrap up before I let you share what you do and where people can find you more is, so Pencil Leadership, fifth trait is everyone's created uniquely with a purpose to leave a positive mark in the world. So when everything is said and done for you, what do you hope your positive mark is? Yeah, just to be a good dad. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty simple. I love it. That's really cool. So again, Justin, where can people find you, connect with you, see what you're doing? Yeah, thanks. You know, it's always funny. Never mentioned the name of the company, but the company's called Brepic, and then the new one's Brepic Network, and then it's Brepic Network is LinkedIn without the BS, and you can find me <laughs> on LinkedIn, Justin Green on LinkedIn. <laughs> awesome. Well, yep. yeah. Everybody get connected with Justin. He's doing a lot of great things. You'll be able to learn from him and just take advantage of that, just how he gives to the world. But again, Justin, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. Yeah, great conversation. I'm really excited for where you're going. You know where you come from at a very high level. You know where you are, but I think more importantly, you know where you're going. That's really exciting to me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.